Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you this morning that your word is living and active. Thank you, John chapter 8, that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Lord, that your words are full of spirit and your words are full of life. We receive those today, and we just say thank you, Lord. Speak to us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. For those of you that are just visiting today or new, it's your first time. We have several first-time guests today. We are in a series called Super Marriage because your story can have a happy ending. How many of you, by a show of hands, know someone who has had a marriage that had a happy ending? Does anybody know someone that's had a very successful marriage, had a happy ending? Now, how many of you know someone who has had a marriage that failed or that was on the rocks or that was busted up and didn't have such a happy ending? How many of you know somebody like that? How many of you say, I want the happy ending? Now, I know we got all kinds of single folks in the house today. And how many of you are single in the house? Come on, raise your hand. It's not a disease. Come on, you might get a date. Come on, put your hand up. We got a lot of single folks in the house. Listen, singleness is not a disease unless you make it one. But listen, whether you're in this house today and you're single or you're married or divorced, we're, we're not talking about your past. We're talking about your future. I, I know several folks in this room have had rocky marriages and have had failed marriages. And so if you're on your second marriage or third marriage, don't say I'm on my third marriage. Say I'm on my last marriage. Amen? If you're on your fifth marriage, you should probably just stop. You might call to be single. Anybody out there? But listen, we don't want to throw stones against you. Divorce does not have to be a lifetime event. Divorce, once you've done that, you can't unring that bell. God is pro-marriage. Do you believe that? God is pro-marriage. God is anti-divorce. We understand that. But we can't go back and, uh, and, and redo what has already been done. And so I want to help all the single folks in the house today. I'm really only preaching this for a minute for, for David because Mary said when David comes back from the trip, he's going to need some help. And so every time I preach on marriage, all the husbands are better for like two or three weeks, man. The wives love it when I preach on marriage. And so let's just jump in. Number one, I want you to see this. The, we've given you some simple steps to a super marriage. These guys up here have a super marriage, and this is some very simple steps to a super marriage. We won't really go through these, but I just want you to see this. You got to build your marriage around Jesus. Get on our podcast online. Get the CD. You'll understand how important this is. This sounds so simple, but it's so often neglected. Do not marry an unbeliever. I appreciate your enthusiasm. Do not marry under any circumstances an unbeliever. Now listen, if you're married to an unbeliever now, I'm not telling you to go home and pack your bags and leave, okay? That's not what we want to do. You're stuck in loving it. you got to work through that situation. Paul talks all about that. But if you are not married and you have a choice, do not marry someone who's an unbeliever. Can I say this from what I believe is inspiration from the Holy Spirit? We talked about Wednesday night that when you are a Christ follower, you bear fruit. Jesus said in John 15, it is my desire that you would bear fruit. You shall know them by their fruit. Would you say that with me? You shall know them by their fruit. Now listen, I mean, I know I'm a little fruity, you understand? We need to be fruity Christians. But you shall know them by their fruit, meaning if they don't have fruit, they don't have a root. And if you are dating someone who does not have the fruit of a believer, my exhortation to you is stop it right now in its tracks. You will not be able to reach them. They will pull you down. There are very few instances, ladies and gentlemen, where the, where the believer actually pulls up the unbeliever. Very, very few examples of that. 
Again, if you're married, you got to work through that situation. Show them God's love by the way you live and your purity and your attitude. Come on, somebody say attitude. attitude. Say be, be renewed in your tude. <laughs> we don't need no bad attitude. But listen, if you are single, you have a chance to fix what a lot of people would look back and say, if I could have done it different, I would have changed this. Please do not marry an unbeliever. How do you know if, well, they say they're a Christian. Do they go to church? Well, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Listen. Christians love to hang out with the body of Christ. I'll argue that point with you. Does it make you a Christian? No. But when Christ is doing something in your heart, you want to be with other believers. You want to be a part of his body. No fruit, no root. Cut it down. Can I have an amen? Build your marriage around Jesus. Number two, stay committed in tough times. You got to stay committed in tough times. Politicians are like wishy-washy. One day they say this. Did you mean that? No, I really meant this. And they say this. And marriages, people aren't committed. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to be committed. Listen, I want to grow old with my wife, okay? I want to grow old with my wife. I want you to check out this couple who grew old together. And then let's, let's draw some encouragement from this. Let's grow old and stay committed. So this is what Scotland looks like. Mm-hmm. I'm sure glad Betty won this trip on that Wheel of Fortune and then broke her hip so we could come. God bless Pat Sajak. Now, the reason we're here in Scotland is to prove to all those naysayers back home that the Loch Ness Monster really does exist. Now, UFOs and Sasquatches, that's ridiculous. But old Nessie, she's for real. And she's out there. I just need to keep your big trap shut and your eyes peeled. Babe, right there in the water. The most hideous, the most monstrous thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's looking right back at us. That's my reflection. Come on, what do you say we grow old together? What do you say we invest in our marriage unlike that couple? And so we want to we build our marriage around Jesus. And then we want to stay committed in tough times. And we talked to you all about that. We spent several, several uh, minutes on that section. And then number three, uh, go back, I'm sorry. Number three, we want to we selflessly serve our mate. All the ladies love this when I preach on this because the guys are like doing dishes and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. But we should be the chief servant. We should selflessly serve our mate. Look at number four. We should spend time together. And man, this was awesome. We should spend time together. Proximity breeds intimacy. And we talked to you all about that. Satan will will send arrows into your life to divide you, to pull you apart, and keep you from spending time together. Check that out. I think that's on last week's CD, and it will be a blessing. Number five, we learned the fifth simple step to a super marriage is to compliment each other often. If you're in here with your spouse, would you just tell them, just say, you you just look so fantastic today. Would you tell them? Would you tell him how handsome his neck brace is? Just tell him your neck brace is just so handsome. <laughs> just tell your spouse, you just look so nice today. Just come on, you tell her how nice she looks today. Amen. You got to compliment each other often. And this is what we begin to talk to you about. We began to, to talk to you about speaking the right words. Now, how many of you have ever said the wrong thing? How many of you have ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? Man, I worked for a I worked for a retail sales company, Jesse, one time, and I was selling a jewelry. I was a diamond salesman. So if I come up and say, "Oh, your ring is nice," I'm not weird. I just used to sell the stuff. Okay, I always have to qualify that statement. Oh, I love your necklace. Where did you get that? You know, I mean, no, it's not. I'm okay. I'm not weird. All right, 
But listen, this lady came up, true story, true story. I invented foot and mouth disease. I totally invented it. This lady came up and she's going to buy something. And, and I was like, she said something about something. I said, oh, are, are you pregnant? And she said, and that was my first mistake. I actually asked a lady if she was pregnant. I swear the lady looked very pregnant, okay? <laughs> I don't say that anymore. I've never said, I'll ask my wife, is so-and-so pregnant? You know, eight months pregnant. I'm like, is she pregnant? You know, <laughs> I'm going to verify, <laughs> okay? But I asked this lady, I said, are you pregnant? <laughs> this is awful, true story, not exaggerating at all. She said, no, no, I just had a baby. I said, did you have twins? <laughs> it was awful. She didn't buy anything from me. and I couldn't figure out why. Where are you going? Come back. You know, free warranty. <laughs> True story. Guys, we say the wrong thing. Watch this short little video of what not to say to your wife. If you have a spouse, a wife, husband or wife, you want to encourage them. You want to speak life into them. You got to be the CEO, the chief encouraging officer of your house. You got to be the number one cheerleader of your spouse. Unlike this, do not say this to your wife. choreography myself. Hey honey, have you gained some weight in your rear end? The dress you wear reminds me of my old girlfriend. And where'd you get those shoes? I think they're pretty lame. Would you stop talking cuz I'm trying to watch the game? If you're a man who wants to live a long and happy life, these are the things you don't say to your wife. planned a hunting trip next week on your birthday I didn't ask you but I knew it'd be okay Go make some dinner while I watch this fishing show I taped it over our old wedding video If you're a man who done that A long and happy life There's all the pleasure to sit to you Solo Okay Your cooking is okay, but not like mother makes The diamond in the ring I bought you is a fake Your eyes look puffy, dear, are you feeling ill? Happy anniversary, I bought you a treadmill <laughs> You're a man who wants to live long and happy love that too These are the things you don't say to me. You're a man who doesn't want to get killed with a knife these are the things you don't say to Come on, how many of you have learned not to say some things to your wife? So we want to compliment each other. We want to serve each other. We want to stay committed even in tough times. We want to build our marriage around Jesus. We want to compliment each other often. And then number six, and this is where we're going to land today. We started this last week. This is all just review. If you think the review is good, you should actually get the CDs. They are much, much better. Look at number six. This is where we're going to just spend just a minute today. This is, this is something not only do we want to communicate, but we want to communicate with care and with caution. We want to communicate 
with care and with caution. And we begin to give you nine characteristics. We're just going to look at one today. We begin to give you nine characteristics, how to communicate with care and caution. Number one, we talked about don't assume. Say that with me. Don't assume. Don't assume. Say it again. Don't assume the other person knows what you need. I told you my story about my assumption with Miss Tara, and it was validated again this week. How many of you remember my story from last week? It's worth the CD just to hear my story. So we're at Arby's yesterday. So my wife is mispredictable. I'm Mr. Predictable when it comes to my food. Went to India a few weeks ago, and I almost died of starvation, okay? Okay, I'm, I'm one of the most pickiest people you've ever met. If you're going to have me over for dinner, what a blessing. Just let me pick the menu, amen? And praise God, Rick will invite me over and he's like, what do y'all want to eat? You know, seriously, tell me, you know, I want you to eat the food I cook. So if you want us over for dinner, man, we'd love it. Just ask me to help you pick the menu for the day. So my wife is mispredictable, always gets the same thing everywhere we go and all the places. Okay, so we're at Arby's and I, she orders the food and I'm talking to somebody behind me in line and go up and order and she goes and sits down and she's pregnant, for those of you that don't know. Caleb did not know that my wife was pregnant. Like, the baby will be here, like, any day. And he's like, I didn't know y'all were having a baby. And so she's pregnant, and so that validates some of this, what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> Just, was it? Did you like that? Was it? Okay, thank you. If, if preaching doesn't work out, I'll be an impressionist or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, I got you. Yeah, he didn't know. So we're at Arby's. Quit interrupting my sermon, Mary. We're at Arby's. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. We're at Arby's, and, and, and I'm arguing with a little lady at the cross the desk because there's something on my tray that I don't think belongs there. I'm telling her nobody in my family would ever order that. And she's like, what's well, on your ticket? I said, I, they punched it in wrong. Nobody in my family eats this with this. It had stuff oozing out of it. And I'm like, nobody. I was like, I'm with my wife, and she would never eat that. And I'm like arguing with a lady, and she's like getting mad at me, and she's about to throw stuff at me. And I'm like, well, hold on. Let me, let me go check. And then I went back. I said, honey, what did you order? And she told me, and she ordered the dadgum thing that was on the tray. And I went back. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's mine. You know, <laughs> hung my head in shame. Because, Brother Rick, I assumed that I knew what was going on. Do not assume the other person knows what you need. You must be specific and tell us exactly what you need. Now, next one here, I want you to see this. We're going to quit with this one. Number two, the second characteristic is this. Start by improving how you communicate. Don't just blame the other person on how they communicate, but start by how you communicate. Look with me at Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 says this. Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see, the, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrites, remove, uh, first you've got to get rid of the log in your own eye and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So many times when we communicate with our spouse and so many times when we don't think our spouses communicate well with us, well, we just don't talk anymore. We just, I can't communicate with him. I can't communicate with her. He doesn't listen to me. So many times we actually think that the problem is, is the spouse, but the problem is really us. You fixed how you communicate. You fixed how you listen. I was writing this series, and <laughs> here's another illustration, and I told Tara, I said, well, I'm going to share this because I hadn't put this point down, and then when, when we were writing this series and I was talking through it, this happened, and so I, I said, you just gave me sermon material, 
And so I'm sitting here trying to communicate with my lovely wife, and she's like looking on the iPad, and she's like, no, I can multitask. I was like, would you put the iPad down and listen to me? (laughs) I need your full attention. And so she was listening, and she was doing this and all that, but I talk a lot anyway. And so she was kind of flipping. And so listen to this point I wrote. Ready? Under this point. Ready? Focus when your spouse is talking. (laughs) Come on now, Joseph. Focus when your spouse is talking. And I said, you just gave me sermon material, praise God. And so when we began to look at changing ourselves, work on how you communicate. Are you ready for this? Write this down. Timing is really important. When we're communicating with our spouse, Scott, when, when we're going to start improving ourselves, timing is really important. Ladies, don't have this grand marital discussion during the Super Bowl game. Come on, guys. Can I have an amen? And then, guys, if the lady is cooking dinner and working with the kids, don't come home and unload on her this big subject, this big topic. A lot of it is not what you have to say, but it's when you say it. You can say the right thing in the wrong time and it becomes the wrong thing. Listen, at 1030 at night, when I've worked hard all day, and I'm ready to go to bed, that's not the time to open this grand marital discussion, all right? Because it's just not going to be good. So timing is everything. Say what you have to say, but but be sensitive to the right time. And these are some ways that we can communicate with care and with caution. Now, I want you to come back next week. We're going to pick up and finish this series, and it's going to be a real blessing to you. How many of you want to have a super marriage? Amen. I do too.